Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Thursday on the Horn, hook them up with Ian Rod B. Bowl game starting in one hour. If you're into uh, some oh. bowl game action, the Fenway Bowl from Fenway Park. I like that. AM Boston Bowl, College so. against SMU. Is SMU going to roll that team? SMU's really a good, good squad. Boston College isn't very good, but they are playing at home. I have to look at the weather in greater Boston this morning. Sucky, man. Who wants to play in Boston? It's like that Patriots Day game when the Red Sox oh, play yeah. at 10 o'clock in the morning. No, you don't want to. You, you only want to play in Boston this late in the year when you get paid for it. Yes. <laughs> it's a, oh, here it is. It's not an exhibition game. <laughs> How about this? Uh, SMU's going. What the hell are we doing? Uh, it's 45 degrees in Boston right now, mm. drizzling, and rain is forecast 90 percent throughout nah, the day. Now we're good. Now nah, we're good. It's like watching Virginia Tech. And look, I, you know, good for those guys to get to go to Annapolis, Maryland, and see our uh, see the Naval Academy, and that's a beautiful that place. That actually is pretty cool. Great history. Yeah. Learn a lot there, but okay. Send us home. I don't want to play a bowl game in the rain like they no. did yesterday, which mm-hmm. seems like the front that was in Annapolis yesterday has moved up the coast to Boston, and that's what they'll play in. That also probably means that's what they're going to play the pinstripe bowl in today with Rutgers and Miami. Don't play in the baseball stadium? Where they play it at Yankee now? Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of cool. Is it? For a minute. <laughs> For like the first, like half of the first quarter, and then you're like, all right, you know what, I'm done with this. This is why the bowl games – Hard to keep up with because you don't know who's playing in the bowl games anymore between transfers same and weather in, Same weather in New York today, by the way. Uh, Mid-40s and raining. Yeah, man. That's ugly. U-G-L-Y. How about the Miami Hurricanes going, you sent us from Miami? To go play in this? Come on, man. Nah, man. Nah, I'm good. Hey, give, Ruck- me that, give me some of that Bahamas bowl. Hey, Rutgers, why don't you come play us? Mm-hmm. And we'll go to South Beach. I'm trying to play in one of them. <laughs> Seriously. God. Yeah, the oh. bowl games are – I would love to see the um, – at least the timeline of the viewership of the bowl games year after year, oh. the annual viewership of bowl games. Going just, the way of the flip phone, Rod. But when you get the, the college football playoff back, the college football playoff ratings are going to go through the roof once, once they obviously yeah, the, go to 12 teams. In, yeah, because they're going to do home sites for the first round. Yeah. Second round will actually be at bowl sites. Be at bowl sites. So that, then, that'll be a separate thing. We're talking about just these traditional bowl games that are now truly exhibition games now because you have a real playoff now. Uh, man, I think those ratings are just about to Well, plummet. and I think the numbers of bowls plummet. will plummet. Because I think I guess, I, I guess I give, ESPN has been a big part of this. Some would call them a culprit. Some would call it good business. They've funded these ball games because they want programming during the holidays. That's a good point. They won't – because they're, if they're going to be involved in – which I think they are. They, they own the four-team playoff right now, ABC and Disney. They're going to want the 12-team playoff, right? Um, well, that's going to – and then all of a sudden you don't want to fund all these bowl games. And you've got better TV – uh, I'm not saying they're all going away, but you can no, see them right. go from 40 to 20. The less relevant ones. Yes. The ones that are truly not relevant at all. Uh, and, yeah. and Pinstripe, Fenway, they're playing a Pop-Tart Bowl today. Pop-Tart. The Pop-Tart Bowl. That's uh, NC State and Casey. I was going to ask you, in honor of Pop-Tarts, are you a fan of Pop-Tarts? Who's not a fan of Pop-Tarts? Strawberry Frost, man. Strawberry with the Frost. Oh, so good. No, I, I mean, that's... Did you eat them without, or did you have to get them in the toaster? Uh, I could do either, and I was never really in the toaster because toaster actually they'd get too hot. I didn't want them too hot. I'd put mine. I was a microwave pop tart guy, and just a little bit. I'm talking about 15 to 20 seconds. I don't want it piping hot because I actually can't. Warm. Yes, warm is good for me. I don't want it. Pi- I don't want it where I bite in a pop tart and burn the roof of my mouth. Yeah, because that, that that that, that frosting, frosting would burn you. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good on that. I just need it, you know, lukewarm. I'm good on that because I can eat a, po- a cold pop tart too. And some people like to take the edges off the Pop-Tart. That's the best part to me, the edges with the extra frosting on it. Oh, that was delicious. Yeah. My Ooh. kids love Pop-Tarts. Those oh. were a staple at our house growing up. What's this not year, to love, When man. they were growing up, just grab them. Oh. And that goes back. I mean, Pop-Tarts have never gone out of style. Ty, are you a Pop-Tart guy? Because you're, you're the youngest Seriously? member of our, of our broadcast. Uh, I like the S'mores Pop-Tarts. 
Those were Ooh, good. I never I, had one of those. I just recently acquired a toaster for the first time in a while. I, was, hey, I, I don't think I've had you. one since I lived at my parents' house. So I bought some of those, you know, cinnamon raisin uh, English muffins. I was always Ooh. a big fan of those when I was a kid. I kind of got back on that train recently. I'm trying to think. My kids, like we that. had pop tarts, but they had to take it to a different level. There, what are the things that are kind of like that? They're they're pastries, but then they they, they come with a package of the toaster strudel. Toaster strudel. Yeah, you're right about that. That was even a bigger hit at my house than pop tarts. Those are way the better. Toaster, the toaster strudel was, uh, and of course, my kids would leave the wrapper all over the counter and cream everywhere, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I was more of pop tarts are much more efficient. Oh, yeah. Just grab it and Come go. On, man. Yeah, it's, all, it's all there. All you need. Everything you need, man. Get your little sugar to- rush. But Toaster Strudel was a staple at our house. Toaster Strudel. Yeah, it takes a little more. You can't take that on the bus with you, though. No. Yeah, man, I guess you could, but then, you know, I, the, the Pop-Tart is perfect for yeah, just, hey, you grab them. and go ride the house. You can have one, and you put one in your backpack for later. Mm-hmm. Great. Oh, it's great. oh, yeah, because it, it basically be dessert for something that they don't right. for lunch. Oh, it's a little dessert there, man. Oh, love me some Pop-Tarts. And then it's good at lunch because you could use it as barter. You could trade for something else, you know? <laughs> Did you ever do that when you're trading for food? Oh, all the time, <laughs> Yes, man. sir. All the time. Especially when they had, like, those special items uh, that you could oh. get at lunchtime, like cinnamon <laughs> rolls and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. That, man. It's time to bargain, baby. Sugar up at school. <laughs> uh, best game of the night will be down in uh, San Antonio. That's Arizona and Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. That's almost a dead-even game. And I mentioned earlier, Brent Venables fanned some Longhorn Flames by saying that uh, watching Arizona and prepping for the Wildcats, this may be the best team we've played all year. Maybe the best team we've played all year. Hey, taking a shot. Taking a <laughs> shot at Texas. Hey, someone's a lover for Remember, Remember, people, he's talking to his constituency. They, he's talking to his constituents, his people, yes. when he take, makes that comment. So don't take offense to it, Longhorn fans. He's talking to Sooners, and Sooners that want to believe that. And if you do, you're delusional sooner because they're not the best team you played. I don't even know. I mean, there might be two teams better than Arizona in the Big 12. I mean, I mean Texas obviously is. Now, Oklahoma State looked pretty good last night Oklahoma when State they beat double, the Aggies. Now, got the, to double-digit wins again, right? Yeah, the Aggies uh, playing in the Texas Bowl. They, I, thought, I saw where they had a total, I think, of 48 scholarship players dressed for the game. Unbelievable. Because <laughs> like, of all the opt-outs and what is transfers. It, what coming to? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just it's the, way it, it's the way of the world now. People hated it, and everybody was totally right when they said this is Pandora's box uh, about guys opting out of bowl games. No question, because now with the transfer portal, they used to be opting out because it was all about their pro Injury, pro- yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? It was their pro prospects, the opportunity to play at the pro level, and you wanted to safeguard against injury. Now guys are opting out of bowl games because they want to hit the transfer portal so they can hit, have better opportunity to make a roster or to get a scholarship Malik elsewhere. Malik Murphy, right? Malik Murphy's yeah. not – and this is a championship game for Texas, oh. and Arch Manning is a play away from being in this game. Yeah. Being the guy. The guy. Being the guy. We've seen that happen for Texas in a championship scenario before. Let's not remind them. I will say for Arizona, they went 9-3 and this year. Jed Fish, their young coach, is one of the the rising names in coaching. He was up for coach of the year, too. He's a good one. And they played a really tough schedule. You know, they played Washington, Washington State, Oregon State this year, uh, Oregon. So, this this is the battle-tested team. Actually, they did not play Oregon this year in their Pac-10 schedule, or Pac-12 schedule, which is now the Pac-2. Did they play UCLA? They did. Okay. Uh, they beat UCLA 27-10. to 10. Okay. They beat Utah 42-18. to 18. That Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. They beat USC. They lost to Washington 31-24. to 24. So mm-hmm. Played Washington really tough. Their losses were to Washington Mississippi game. State in overtime to start the year. Wow. That one hurt. How they lose to Mississippi State? You know, early on in the year yeah, sometimes. Yeah, first of the year. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You don't know who you are as a team. Yeah, I mean, look at Oklahoma State. How they, we just talked about them. Yeah, they're, they're three losses. Games. One of these things is not like the other. They lost to USC, Washington, and Mississippi State. Yeah. And now they'll play the Sooners. Damn, they really, that Mississippi State. I guess, you know, it didn't hurt them as much because still in the conference they ended up losing two games, so they couldn't go to the conference championship because that conference was – Pac-12 was the best it had been in decades. You got an undefeated <laughs> conference champion in Washington. Yeah. Uh, the Pop-Tart Bowl is pretty sweet. The, uh, the trophy for the Pop-Tart Bowl, guys, the ah. football has slots to put Pop-Tarts in. That's okay. true. It, it can't be true. <laughs> that cannot be true. Is it? You know what? It should be. I, mean, I hope so. That'd be th- awesome. These bowl sponsorships should have, you know, a better okay. sense of humor about themselves. Well, this was the Camping World Bowl at last check. Yeah. It was also the Something Else Bowl. At the... Didn't Ma- was it Mac Brown lost to Mayo Bowl? Was that the, the, the Mayo, Duke's Mayo Bowl? The Duke's Mayo Bowl. Where... West Virginia. Neil uh, Brown. Remember, Neil Brown saved his job this year. Remember, everybody thought Neil Brown was going to end up yeah, fired before the end of the year. Ended up having a good year, beating Mac in the 
Duke's Mayo Bowl. And that was beat Mac in in Charlotte. I mean, that's Carolina Territory. Oh, is it? In, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't that know game's that's in where Charlotte. it was. Okay, that's where, that's, I think that's where the Duke's Mayo headquarters mm. is, Charlotte. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I think – did they have to dump – Oh, know they did. They got him. They, they, they dumped him. They dumped Neil Brown so and gross. Mayo. I saw it. That's it was, so gross. It, it was disgusting. Lincoln Riley got dumped with eggnog last night out at the Sugar – out at the Holiday Bowl. Oh, was that <laughs> is that a Holiday Bowl tradition? I don't remember. It was that direct was, TV Holiday I Bowl. I went to the Holiday Bowl twice. I don't remember the eggnog uh, <laughs> drenching. Mac never got drenched in eggnog when we went to the Holiday yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I saw this, that's just a, good, a picture of uh, that's Lincoln a, Riley That's with a eggnog. quality bowl. Of all the bowls that are like the subpar bowls that are not, you know, elite uh, bowls, the, I will admit, Holiday Bowl, for the players, it's not bad. Well, they're hanging is. out in San Diego. There it is. There it is. Somebody sent us the trophy. It looks a lot like the uh, – it's like a gold football on a stand – with two slots with two pop tarts. Uh, what? What am I? Why am I putting pop tarts in the trophy? Because uh, it's a sponsor. Oh, <laughs> so, so like okay, I gotcha. So that you, I, I got it. I, okay. It's the I, same I, thing I, with I like the cheese it bowl. Yeah, uh, cheese it bowl. But Rod, I was going to ask you when you were in the holiday bowl. Has it always been in Petco Park, the baseball stadium? No, it was, no, it no. was you know it was in that terrible place with Charlie. Baseball stadium. Oh. Raymond was it? What's the no, Quan 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 Qualcomm. Qualcomm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in yeah. baseball parlance, we called that the Murph. <laughs> it was Jack Murphy Stadium yeah. forever. The Murph the in Murph. San Diego. Uh, but yeah, that was an old baseball stadium. Yeah, we always played Nell Chargers Stadium, and it was it was bad. It was run down. Not a good stadium. It was not great. Not a good stadium. It's not fun. That's why they built that beautiful. It's beautiful spot right in downtown. And they right had a downtown. Super Bowl there in like the early two thousands. They did. I believe you are correct. My mom went to that yes, one. Yeah, she. Yeah, that's weird. But you, but you went to a couple holidays. You liked that. It was a good bowl trip, right? You go to the oh, zoo. Oh, no, it was a quality bowl trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the zoo. They went to SeaWorld uh, out there at the time. San Diego is beautiful. But San Diego's just gorgeous. Outside malls and stuff. I mean, San Diego's just gorgeous. Yeah, we covered it a couple times. I oh, the games you were in. It's a good spot. It's a great spot. That was back when they were calling Mac Brown the Culligan Man. Culligan Man. Oh man, <laughs> Mac was either in that. Mac between the Holiday Bowl, the Cotton Bowl. Mac was in a lot of Cotton Bowls. I played in two bowls, Cotton Bowl and Holiday Bowl, when I was there. That's it. Because we went to the Cotton Bowl, Bowl, and then the oh, then the Alamo Bowl lately has was that bowl. And, well, the Texas Bowl, oh, and then it elevates to the Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl. The Alamo Bowl. Texas had been Alamo Bowl like what three, four times. Recently? Yeah. There's been a lot of Alamo Bowls. It was the Alamo like Bowl last six, year. I think like six <laughs> in 2010. There's been a lot of Alamo Bowls, man. That's how, that's how the Holiday Bowl was. was there last year to see them lose to Washington. Yeah. Well, now these teams are going to play in New Orleans for the National, or a chance to play for the National. I know. Coach. Basically, Washington played a road game last year, ended up beating Texas. That was a road game for them. It was a home game for Texas, essentially playing in San Antonio. Same thing again this year. It'll be Washington essentially on the road playing in New Orleans because there will be a lot more Longhorn fans there. And if they – you know, if they can make it to the national title, once again, they'd be playing home games, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah. It'll be home stretches well, for Houston Texas. will be unbelievably yeah. partisan. And this will yeah. probably be 65. Big 12 title game was basically a oh. home game. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Rod, uh, can I run these through? Then we'll get to your, your, uh, your, rant, your rant for the 9 o'clock hour. Let's do it. Um, finalists for the 2024 Pro Football Hall of Fame around. Oh, let's do it. This is going to be sad. Uh, these are some of the guys you played with. I know. I would imagine. That's what I said. <laughs> <That's what it's laughs> <what it's> <laughs> well, uh, there are a couple no-brainers. Julius Peppers. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. Yeah, he's in. Do you know that he was the draft pick that the Houston Texans should have made, not Dave, David Carr? Uh, yeah, that, you're right about that. I we played against him. Remember that was that. Uh, was that? It was that wasn't the Cole Pimmy game? I'm sure. Maybe it was the Cole Pimmy. Yeah, when game. he played at North uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. He was playing basketball and playing football. Played against Jay. He was Peppers. a bad dude. Uh, yeah, I remember he, he he was such a freak that I remember guys getting off like the bench. Um, during like we were supposed to be obviously doing adjustments and while the offense on the field and going up to try to watch Julius Peppers because he was that much of a freak. Like, uh, all right, we did adjustments. All right, I'm going to watch Shane Peppers. I covered him playing <laughs> playing basketball for North Carolina in the Sweet 16 yeah. here in Austin. Yeah, man, he was definitely he was that kind of an athlete. He's like, now I got to get eyes on this. And team. the our Houston Texans took David Carr with their first ever Ooh, draft pick, David Carr, David, who still has the record for the most being the most sacked quarterback yes. in NFL yes. history. Yes. Yeah. Julius Peppers was probably the right pick there now that he's going to be in the first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think uh, Antonio so. Gates. Oh, man. His first year of eligibility. I'm not sure. I got to look at them stats on that tight end position real quick, but he's got a good case tight end-wise, no doubt. Uh, other members of the uh, finalists, Jared Allen. Remember him, the great pass rusher with the Vikings yeah, and the Chiefs? Yeah, just based on his stats. I want to say he's top ten all time, if I'm not mistaken, in sacks. He's, like, he's, he's among those. Let me Another go member of that 2002 draft class, top ten pick, Dwight Freeney. 
Dwight Freeney is a finalist. That's why there's getting, you know, that's kind of a log jam there because I want to say the the sack leaders, the pass rushers, all those guys, all the guys that are ranked ahead of them are in. Uh, Eric Allen, uh, cornerback, also uh, Dwight. Yeah, Julius Peppers is fifth uh, all time in sacks. All the guys ahead of him are in. Um, who else did you say? Jared Allen. He is 16th all time in sacks. Everybody ahead of him except for Julius Peppers and except for Terrell Suggs are in. And who was the other one you said there? Other pass Dwight Freeney. Uh, Dwight. He's a little bit farther down. Yeah, Dwight Freeney may not have a great case because there are several guys ahead of him. Jim Marshall, Coy Bacon, Al Baker, Leslie O'Neill, John Abraham that are ahead of him that are not in. Jared Allen, great case. Not sure about Dwight Freeney. Rodney Harris, Devin Hester. Can Devin Hester go in He's as a in. specialist? Great. Yeah. I mean, he might be the greatest return of all time. Yeah. He's in. He was a game changer. Yeah. But how about our guy for the Texans, Andre Johnson? Now, listen, Andre Johnson's got a great case. You know what's holding back Andre Johnson? Touchdown receptions. Yep. Because he is close to being top 10 to top 15 in almost all of the major categories, receiving yards, receiving yards per game, receptions, but touchdowns. He's really low down the list. In well, there are two guys I believe as a as a Texan. I mean, the Cowboys and Texans have somebody to lobby for because I would lobby. I'd stand on the table for Andre Johnson. He's one of the two or three. Bet, he was probably the, one of the top two players in in franchise history. Oh, he is. Yeah. In twenty two years, and Darren Woodson is nominated for the Cowboys. Darren Woodson, so someone who covered those teams. I was not a Cowboys fan, but Darren Woodson was such a great player for them in the back end. I don't know that he's ever going to get in the Hall of Fame. I think he's worthy of the Hall of Fame. I'm a huge Darren Woodson fan. Also, Patrick Willis. How about Patrick Willis? Oh, Patrick Willis. I mean, I know he didn't play long because he retired early, but if you're looking at impact, impact, I want to say all pros. He made like what, three or four all pros in this thing's short career. I mean, that's hard to do. Okay, so Andre Johnson, how about this? 11th all-time, we're talking about all-time here, 11th all-time in receptions, 11th all-time in, make sure I get this right here, 11th all-time in receiving yards. <laughs> um, but if you look at receiving touchdowns, oh, man, here we go. Uh, let's go down. Andre Johnson, let's go down. Uh, I, I may not be able to find it on there. Well, that's because he played with <laughs> crappy quarterbacks his he whole played career. With terrible, and that, that should be part of his case to get in, is that look at the terrible quarterbacks he played with, but we never saw him really in the playoffs. No. Nope. And then you never saw him, you know, you know obviously make, make big plays in big games. He was like, they would throw it to him, and he's like Adrian Peterson out on the outside. He's like 230 pounds. He's and a he, receiver. Beast. I was supposed to play against him in the national title game, and we didn't. No, we y'all. We were supposed to play. We would lose to Colorado. We were supposed Miami. to play in Miami that year. And even though we probably would have gotten beaten, I would have loved the challenge of playing against Andre Johnson. Yeah, okay, so he's 53rd oh. all-time in touchdown receptions. That's going to hurt him and the case that he hasn't played in playoff games. That's any playoff games, really any I don't think I, maybe he's played one or two, but nothing really impactful in terms of his overall resume. I'm going to attribute that to bad quarterback play, but I you know that's, I mean, he played on some bad teams in Houston. Really bad teams. Uh, and meanwhile, Darren Woodson played on some great teams. Darren Woodson should be in. I love that guy. But I just thought be, he's such a good player. Yeah, just because of the uh, the brand of the Cowboys, sometimes that brand it helps out the Cowboys who are on the on the verge. Right there on the cusp. Uh, he, but he also gets hurt because they already have so many guys from those teams in the Hall of Fame. That's so like, a great point, So it's too. like, eh, how many guys can we put in? Hey, Rod, can we get Rod's rant for the 9 o'clock hour? Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. Hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line for the Washington Huskies. Um, while, while we were on break, they actually won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country. Texas was in the conversation as well. I believe Texas was a. Uh, Texas was a finalist or a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award, too. So the Texas offensive line, um, also one of the better ones in the country. But there's a case to be made that the Washington offensive line is the best in the country overall. They just won the Joe Moore Award, period. Uh, Chris Peterson says it's the best pass protection unit in all of college football. They've only allowed 11 sacks this season, seven all of last season, 46 tackles for loss this season. 
is what they've allowed. Uh, so they're top five in the country and fewest sacks allowed. And one of the strangest kind of storylines about this offensive line is that they lost their starting center for the season. Uh, his name, uh, he was a sixth-year senior, actually. Uh, and he was Me, uh, Mele uh, Mateo, I believe, was his name. Yeah, sorry, Mateo Mele. I mixed it up. Uh, Mateo Mele, he was a sixth-year senior. He had a season-ending injury in week two, and that's when they moved the 270, at the time, 270-pound uh, freshman, uh, redshirt freshman right guard to center, Parker Brailsford. And everybody assumed that this would be extremely detrimental and it would put them at a severe disadvantage. I think it did for a while before they adjusted. Uh, but now that offensive line is playing uh, like the best offensive line in the country, or one of them. Uh, the pair of fifth-year juniors, Nate Kalepo and Julius Bulo, they're the ones who solidified the interior because they're both now the starting guards. Um, so they book in Parker Brailsford, which helps him out a lot. They don't overburden the young man. Uh, but that offensive line with uh, Roger Rosengarten, playing the right tackle. He is uh, really good. He's going to play in the league. He's an NFL guy. Did not allow a sack all season long. Uh, Troy uh, Fautanu is the left uh, tackle. He's a star. He was a... he was a first-team All-Conference pick. He's third-team All-American. He's also a guy that will play on Sundays. I mean, he's they, those two tackles are NFL guys. And it, what makes it even more extraordinary is that, you know, everybody assumed that the interior offensive line for, would be a weakness for them after losing three of their 2022 starters from the interior. They lost Jackson Kirkland, uh, Corey Luciano, and Henry uh, Bainvalu. They were all starters in the interior line. When Texas played them in the Alamo Bowl, they had a different group of uh, starting interior offensive linemen, lost that group, replaced them with uh, a couple of guys who were inexperienced, and then even lost that guy. Uh, in terms of the veterans they had in the interior and had to replace them with a redshirt freshman, and yet they've kept they've kept the uh, the the standard pretty high that they're playing at for that offensive line. They also one of the other I think subplots that's really interesting when Kevin DeBoer came in two years ago, he actually kept the offensive line coach Scott Huff from the previous regime, and there was no real reason for him to keep him. Because that offensive line had underachieved. I mean, they went 4-8. and eight. They were 120th in the FBS in yards per rush that season at 3.19. Uh, their pass protection was in shambles. You know, a lot of people would have thought, oh, you go in there, you bring in your own offensive line coach. That was not the case. They kept Scott Huff around, and it's paying huge dividends because they've been one of the better O-lines in the country the last two seasons. This could end up being, at least Chris Peterson, former Washington coach, thinks this could end up being the determining factor in the game. And I think when you look at how the game might play out, and I think it will play out, Texas will make Washington one-dimensional because they made every team one-dimensional by taking away the run, and Texas is a top-five rush defense. When they do that, uh, when they take away the run and force Washington into being one-dimensional, where Washington is perfectly comfortable because they're a, pa- they're a passing first team anyway. I think the month of November, their pass uh, ratio, or you look at their pass rate, is about 55%. So they're passing more than they're running anyway in the month of November. I think you're going to see that upped even more. They're probably going to lose the balance they have in the offense with the running game, maybe try more unconventional methods to run the football, whether it be wide receiver reverses and ends around, and maybe they'll go with some quarterback draw, some some, of the, some ways, maybe the extension of the running game, the screen game, uh, the quick game. But I think Texas will stop the traditional run game, and that's when it will come down to can they pass protect against Texas pass rush. And if Texas can't get there organically, how often will they blitz? And when you blitz, your corners and your DBs are on an island. And for how long are you going to leave them on that island if you're blitzing before you got to get home? Because last year they didn't get home once. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, it is. it feels like as Chris Peterson, as you cited, that interview – he was such a good coach. He was such a meat and potatoes. Came from Boise State. He, you know, he was lines of scrimmage. You know, just attention to detail, toughness. That's what his programs were built on. And then Jimmy Lake kind of kept that going with Pete Kwiatkowski. And it feels like you know bringing in Kalen DeBoer has you know what, what really changed it is he's brought in the dynamic quarterback, and he retained Roma Dunze. Right, right. Yep. He was a Rome was a big time recruit out of Las Vegas. 
Um, you know, but through the coaching changes, that's a guy that could have jumped out of there. Yeah. Uh, and he stayed. And now you've got these three NFL receivers. And so it's like Kalen DeBoer's brought the – kind of like Sark brought the, the offensive mind uh, and, and a quarterback – to what Chris Peterson and Jimmy Lake were already doing, which was being really solid. Just you know, not, Washington's never going to over talent you. They no. what you say? They don't have any five they stars have on no the team. Five stars. They have more three stars than anybody in the college football playoff on their roster. So, and that's how Chris Peterson won at Boise State, right? You have to you have you have to develop coach them up, develop them up, get get guys to different levels. Uh, they've done that at Washington, but they never had the dynamic offense and the dynamic quarterback. Well, now they do. So you're mixing the two, and Kalen DeBoer's done a real good job. That it was the right hire. Sark has you know with the coaching staff he hired to build the lines of scrimmage, and then he brings the offensive mind, right? And PK uh, has really, you know, developed that defense, and, you know, it looks like they're going to develop it even further down the line with the acquisitions yep. they've made in the portal and the recruiting classes. But I think you see where these teams are going. That's why it's going to be a fun game. Both teams are really, really solid up front on both sides. Both teams, you know, their past defenses can be had if the quarterbacks get time. And so both teams have really good quarterbacks with uh, offensive-minded coaches. Um, you know, he who gets pressure probably wins this game. Yeah, and uh, the running game, you know, on both sides, not sure how much of a role it is going to play um, because of the pass defense, how susceptible they are. But keep in mind, Washington's offensive line, um, they actually look at yards before contact. They're one of the better run-blocking units in the country, too. Uh, they were top 10 in yards before contact per rush, if you look at versus uh, FBS opponents. Now, this was through week 12, uh, but as accurate as and accurate uh, as we could get, as recent as we could get, they were top 10, um, averaging 3.1 yards before contact per rush. Texas is really good, too. Um, Texas was at 2.4, but let you know that they, they get a push. Will they get anything similar to that against Texas? I don't think they will. Um, just letting you know that that offensive line, not not totally a finesse offensive line. Uh, they like to get in there and run the rock, and you saw that versus teams like USC uh, and versus Oregon late in the year. Well, to your point all the time, they'll they'll break tendency. Uh, they've done it a lot this year. When you think they're going to do one thing, they go a different direction. That's good coaching. All right, we'll come back. When we do, uh, Pete Wachowski, speaking of him, who was at Washington and now one of his uh, former coaches, the D.C. at uh, Washington, they'll be taking the podium there and the stage in New Orleans. We'll be talking to the D.C.s. We'll keep an eye on the wire on that. If anything of note comes from the uh, defensive conversations today, hear from the offense tomorrow ahead of the Sugar Bowl on Monday. We'll also come back and uh, for the top of the hour, a little who said that, Rod? Who, who said, said it from the long weekend? It took him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, this texter on our text line says, I love San Diego, fortunate to be stationed at Pendleton for a long time. Ooh, I love me. Yeah. We're talking about uh, oh, Rod's man. trip to the Holiday Bowl. It's a great city. It is a good city. It's expensive. I was going to say, if I could afford to live there, I would. But it's expensive. Well, you know what? not cheap. I was going to say, yeah, it used to be way more expensive than Austin. But I was like, I don't know if it's that much more expensive than Austin anymore. Maybe I should think about moving, but I love Austin now too much. No Austin doesn't have the ocean now. Doesn't, doesn't have, have the, the Pacific ocean. ocean. Does not have the ocean. Location, so location, 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 weather. weather. Yeah. Weather's pretty good, but mm-hmm. you do have to live in California. So, you know. That's true. That's a great point. You got to deal with California politics. It's yeah. like, you know what, I'm good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Texas politics, politics I know, but still. And taxes, by the way. Uh, so Man. that's out there this morning. We go, uh, who said that before the top of the hour? Who said that? Uh, but coming off the rant, Kate, uh, Ty, I just sent you a great uh, piece of audio from Kalen DeBoer's press conference. We heard some of this earlier, but can I play this for you? He was asked about the Texas defensive line, and we talk about he who gets pressure in this game and impacts you know, negative mm-hmm. plays, sacks, uh, forcing Quinn Ewers and our Michael Penix off their spot, uh, hold the ball a half a second longer behind it. Uh, here was Kalen DeBoer yesterday in New Orleans when asked about the Texas defensive front anchored by uh, Tavondre Sweat, obviously Byron Murphy right there with him, and that uh, rotation of linemen, bigger and more physical than I think Washington has seen so far this year. But here's Kalen DeBoer's take on what they're dealing with Monday night. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's pretty evident, uh, you know, what they are up front. And, um, you know, just uh, guys that uh, stuff the run and, um, you know, I think just as a unit, get after your quarterback and get a push at the line of scrimmage, um, getting the – quarterback's face and we know that that would be a great challenge for offensive line uh coach huff's done a great job with our guys and you know all season long and looking forward to 
that challenge. Uh, we know it will be a great one, but um, you know that's certainly a big piece of uh, their defense is uh, what happens up front, uh, not just at the line of scrimmage, but all of, also with the second level at the linebacker level. All right, there's uh, Caleb yeah. DeVore, the front seven. Texas. Their strength, without a doubt. Yeah, they'll be ready. I think, I think Washington will have a plan. I don't know if the plan will work, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, but they will have uh, plan A, plan B, plan C for neutralizing Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. I think they'll, they, they naturally move the pocket anyway. They love moving the pocket. They move the pocket probably a quarter of the time anyway. So you'll see them move the pocket even more. They did that against Oregon State, against Arizona State, when they were really effective with interior pressure. Texas will be more effective than those schools with interior pressure, and maybe even organically. They brought it from the second level, though. They blitzed and brought second-level pressures in the interior. Still worked really well to get Michael Penix off his spot and force him on the move so that he throws in a much more of that erratic uh, fashion, get him, get him out of his comfort zone. So I think Texas – you know, they're going to stick with that game plan. I think they'll try to get some interior pressure. I mean, if you watched any film on him, that's where he – every quarterback, I think. But that's where he has struggled this season, uh, specifically, is when teams can get pressure up the gut. So, I think Texas will go that route. And if they do, expect the DBs to play some outside leverage. The reason, if you're going to get interior pressure, it's going to force the quarterback out of the pocket. He's going to be rolling to his left or his right, but he's a left-handed quarterback, rolling to his left or his right, and he's going to be looking for those outside throws because yeah. he's rolling on the run. If you force him to throw inside across his body, those throws are not going to be accurate, okay? no matter how strong his arm is. But you, if you let him throw outside while on the move, those throws are going to be accurate because he can throw on the move he's outside. A really, he's got a cannon. Yeah, really yeah. good thrower of the football. So those are like little details that Texas is going to have to be you well, know, mindful of. As we heard Kalen DeVore say earlier, as the year's gone on, we've seen Quinn Ewers get more and more comfortable. And if Quinn, as you've said, if that first option is there, there's not as you know, Quinn Ewers is going to put it on the money. He's going to make that throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's what Washington's job is going to be, to get him off to his second and third progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the challenge for both sides. Yep. Uh, this is, guys, um, uh, we do bullish or BS, but this says, I used to put butter – on my hot pop tart, but uh, oh, wow! See, I'm. T- what flavor are we talking about here? When you put butter on the hot pop tart, what flavor? That's that's key. That's key, right? Because I, it's one of those things I can't really have an opinion on because I haven't tried it. I don't know that I would want to, but I can't butter. say it'd be terrible. Butter, butter on most things is good. That is true. <laughs> butter on a pop tart. I've never heard of it. You know what? I'll allow it. Never you- heard of it. Uh, it can't. Like you said, what's the worst could happen? Butter on a pop tart. What's the worst going to happen? <laughs> right. What's the worst thing going to happen? It's like putting gravy on something. What's yeah, the worst thing going to happen? It's like adding bacon to it. It's like, all right, well, I, don't, I wouldn't okay. usually add bacon to that, but you're not going to mess it up adding bacon no, to it. No. So Might not be my favorite thing, but I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Uh, all I right. Mean, what age did you start? All right, that's the question I have, though. What age did you start adding butter to your Pop-Tarts? Because that's a pretty mature thing to do, but it sounds like you did it as a youngster because nobody starts eating Pop-Tarts at, when they're older. That's a young Thing hey, life, right? nothing. Thing. I've talked about this before. It's been a while, but nothing beats a, just a flour tortilla with some butter on it in the microwave. Now, or maybe, I don't disagree with that. And if you're that's a little, if you're feeling a little dessert version of that, you can put a little sugar in there too. My wife does that's that. It. Yeah, that's a that's a poor man's dessert. Right I there. grew I like up that. on that. That's yeah. good. Especially if it's a fresh tortilla and oh, a little butter. Oh man, oh, that's yeah. good. That's 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 under that's underappreciated. It'll melt in your mouth. It's oh, a fresh so good. It's real good. I'm with you. Mm. How about this, though? NBA player Michael Bridges oh, no. has revealed that he's eaten Chipotle every day for the last 10 years. For the last 10 years, <laughs> Chipotle? So he says. Does he have a Chipotle endorsement? I don't. Is he, is he advertising for Chipotle? Chipotle sucks <laughs> now. NBA, what, why does it change? Why does it suck now? Has portions, it always sucked? Portions, was, prices. Oh. Uh, it's it's that I've been it's a big social media craze right now where people are getting bowls and burritos and comparing them to like their hand. I don't know. It's it's just it's not a good place right now. I haven't been in a while, but I used to get me a bowl every now and again. Oh wow, I've never. No, they had ever they, they had the big uh, they had the big you know scare. What was it? People got sick, right? They got uh, it's Chipotle. What'd you expect? Well, no, it was a <laughs> they took a big hit with uh, what was it? They had. Salmonella, or Salmonella, yeah, or listeria, or something, but whatever. I can't even remember the name. Like, like I said, but yeah, he's apparently he, he's uh, every day for ten years he's eating Chipotle. So he would disagree with you, Ty. Uh, yeah, that's well. You know what? 
And he's an elite athlete too, so that's surprising. And he's got money. Not he's doing that because he chooses. And he can eat at the arena at yeah. the, uh, at, the facility. Have, at the facilities. They have they have chefs that are preparing meals at facilities, and he makes a lot of money. So he's choosing to eat Chipotle because that's, in his opinion, that's the best he could get. So it's, that's what he wants. It's not as bad as Chad Ojasinko saying that he's eating McDonald's every day for his entire yeah, life. That's true. And my friend Gene Watson no. just texted. He was listening this morning. said, uh, spring training 2002, I ate P.F. Chang's every day for 40 days. All right, Mark Davis. <laughs> P.F. Chang's is healthier than Chipotle. I like some P.F. Chang's. Mark Davis is a billionaire. Or I don't, is he a billionaire? He's close. But he eats, the owner of the Raiders. He eats at P.F. Chang's, I, I think, the I love me like three or four yeah, times a week. man. I'm down with P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's is healthier than Chipotle. Chipotle is healthier than McDonald's. Thank you. Fast food every day is like smoking cigarettes every day. You, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be smoking well, cigarettes. P.F. Chang's a little is no, off. No, it's like P.F. Chang's is healthy. That's, yeah, that's not off. That's not that's fast not, food. That's not fast food. And Chipotle is borderline. They're right there on the cusp of being what they Because you can do P.F. Chang's somewhat healthy, right? If you yeah. Get, you no, get the P.F. brown rice. And you can do a Chipotle healthy. Get a protein without all the, yeah. uh, the the sauces and put it in a bowl. You can yeah. actually do that pretty healthy. Get Chipotle, some lettuce you, up in there. Get some veggies up in there. Not a lot of healthy options at McDonald's. I know they got some salads and stuff, but come on now. Okay. It's, it's still Mickey D's. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, all right. So uh, as we get rolling here, we got at week 16 in the NFL kicking off tonight with the Browns and the Jets. Uh, by the way, did you see that Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to be on the roster, won't play, though? Like, this he's is like, stupid. And this is so dumb. This is so stupid. This is why the Jets are the Jets. This is, a, this is, this so is why the Jets didn't pick up Joe Flacco, the quarterback they're going to face tonight. Like, what, what, what is the purpose of putting Aaron Rodgers on this active roster? What, what's the purpose? Seriously. Making his ego feel good. It's all about them getting attention. They just want attention. He wants attention. The Jets want attention. And it's always the wrong kind of attention. But they don't care as long as they're getting some attention. And it's, like I said, I'm, I can't really even pay attention to it because I don't understand what's the football reason for putting him on the roster. Is they, there a football reason They chose reason to for activate their quarterback uh, a few days before Christmas. What's the football reason? And Aaron Rodgers was clear to say on his visit on the Pat McAfee show that this was a team decision. It wasn't my decision. <laughs> so he's saying like that. I'm, I'm not the idiot who's doing this. This is the team doing it. Why are they doing it though? To sell tickets? They're not going to let them Aaron play. Aaron Rodgers said, "I assumed I was going on IR. I asked to be put on IR, but there was a conversation. Do you want to practice? I said, not at the expense of somebody getting cut. I know how this works. I didn't feel like I needed to practice and continue my rehab. I could do the on-field stuff on the side. Obviously, I got overruled. It is what it is. This was an interesting situation. This is so somebody got cut for him." It's just a bad organizational like decision. I well, don't look, I mean, and the irony of it is they're going to be playing Joe Flacco, who has been phenomenal for the Cleveland Browns. And guess what? They could have signed him. Yeah. When Aaron Rodgers got hurt four plays into the season, they could have signed him. And not chose not to. Just you know, what do you always say about Jerry Jones? Don't 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 live on faith, right? Don't live on mm, hope. That's so no, that's no way to don't, operate an organization. Don't don't, yeah. don't operate any business on hope. Nope. Uh, they hoped that Zach Wilson had taken a turn. Maybe through osmosis had learned to play quarterback from Aaron Rodgers during training camp. Pretty much. And didn't have a plan B. Remember we talked about trading for Kirk Cousins before he got hurt. Uh, Joe Flacco was hanging out at his mom's couch. A lot of options out there. <laughs> yeah. Joe Flacco was on their roster last year. He won games with them. He, he was. I mean, he could have came in there and stepped in and probably been better than he is on the Browns now. And right. That's the personnel. The, that's the number one. I mean, he was on that team. So he knew the players. He probably – well, now it was a new offense with Nathaniel Hackett. So. Yeah. But you know, still, he knew some of the people. He knew yeah, some of he, the, could have, he could have built something around him. Uh, and the Browns have done that, and that's why I think Kevin Stefanski is right now the leader in the clubhouse for head coach of the year. Man. That team's 10-5. and five. The team's 10-5. and five. They beat the Niners. They beat the, they're beating winning teams. You know what I think it is, though, why they want Aaron Rodgers on that roster? I can. I, I think Robert Sala wants some help in really being able to coach up and motivate the locker room. Okay. Because that locker room, it seems to be motivated by him. It seems to be like everything, everything was Aaron Rodgers-centric. It That's was all about Aaron Rodgers. And even when he went down, it was like, man, he could come back. He could come back early. And it's like, why don't y'all focus on the season and winning some games? What are y'all worried about what he's going to come back for? And That speaks to ownership, though. Yes, it he's does. A, he's a nut. Right. But it, it goes to kind of what you just brought up about operating on hope and faith, and that's kind of what they're doing. But I think Robert Sala, they want him there because Robert Sala doesn't completely have 
um, a connection, a a deep the team connection likes Aaron. with the locker room. Yeah, and they, they exactly. Aaron Rodgers coming there next to coach. Hey, guy, walk next to me when I come in here, man. They go, you know, they like you. It is one of those things they keep. <laughs> I just kind of keep him around. So coach somebody Sala. got cut for this. Yeah, I think they got cut to keep up appearances so that Robin Sala. I'm that guy. It, I'm pissed. It, it, it makes him. It makes it easier for him to motivate the team, and it makes it easier for the team to view him in a very kind of authoritative way. Um, because without that, I think guys are questioning the culture. They're questioning the, you know, the coaching. They're probably questioning the motivation, incentive, all that. When Aaron Rodgers comes there and just repeats whatever the company line is that Robert Sala is saying, yeah, well, coach said. And it's like, yeah, man, Aaron Rodgers said. Yeah. So I think, I think more of it's one of it's, – it's a weird, like, I think, perception optics kind of thing. And well, not for the media, a little bit for them, but more for the team. Well, in the last three games and wins over Jacksonville, Chicago, and Houston, wins that have gotten the Browns to 10 wins. They're 10 and 5 on the year. When, it's amazing. When they're on their fourth quarterback. Yeah, amazing. It really uh, is. Amazing. Can I give you uh, the numbers for, for, for Joe Flacco? 26% of the roster of their salary cap is on IR. Yeah. Twenty of their salary cap. <laughs> so this means that their best players are all hurt. Their best players are all hurt. Including Deshaun Watson, who may not be one of their best players. But in those three games, those three wins, he has thrown for 1,053 yards and six touchdowns. Wow. 368 yards, 374 yards, 311 yards. No, not six touchdowns. He's thrown ten touchdowns. Yeah, he's hot. 1,000 yards and ten touchdowns. Now, yep. tonight, the Jets, the strength of their team is – not their owner. It is their defense and their pass defense specifically. So this will be a real test. But Amari Cooper over 260 yards against the Texans last week. And my man Joe Flacco made some high-level throws. Some really he – he still has the big arm. He still has got big arm. But now, you know, it's weird. He's, he's playing, I think, with, uh, without pressure. Even though they're in the playoff hunt and everything, there was not a lot of expectation. No. For him coming in, just like man, just do do whatever you can, Joe. Just do whatever you can to just keep this keep this thing from sinking. We're just trying to keep the ship from sinking and keep ourselves in playoff contention. And it turns out, like you said, he's thriving. He's playing he's great. Thriving. He's playing great. All right, we'll come back. That'll be tonight. Of course, the Texans, the Texans, and the Cowboys with huge games on Sunday. Actually, Cowboys play Saturday night with the Detroit Lions in a massive game. Hard, hard to believe. The last time the Lions won a division championship, Rod, I was in college. Oh yeah. Their quarterback was a guy named Eric Kramer. Wow, I remember 1993, that. Rod. I remember that 1993. Man. Man. That's the last time they won a division. Well, they'll come into Dallas as division champions of the NFC North. We'll come back. We'll play some Who Said That, some audio from around the landscape, and uh, see if we can figure out who said it. We also have the fabulous fifth hour on tap. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. It says Flacco. Is this your Shane Falco? <laughs> Shane Falco. We've had a lot of quarterbacks play. Uh, one person pointed out the person who got cut for Aaron Rodgers was a vested vet, so his contract was guaranteed. He's been since picked up on the practice squad. But remember, Aaron Rodgers was quick to say it wasn't my decision. It was our organization. Don't blame me. Don't blame uh, me. Rod, what do you have for me and who said that? It's been a week or so since we've played some who said that and uh, uh, a little audio that we have uh, neither of us have heard. And Ty, I try to decide you, who it is. I sent you a piece of audio. We can uh, dial that up and you play who said that. Yeah. Because we in the NFL, we play ball, you know, not to take away from that team, but you can't just discredit us. We grown men, we got to feed our family. And he can have his opinion, but just don't be just, just talking like that. You know, that's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. But no, not to take away from the 49ers at all, because, like, they agree all across the board, but we going to come to play as well. You know, our record not no fluke, you know. Um, we play ball, and we showed that, you know. But he just need to just keep doing his job, but just don't just come come off like that towards us. You know, that's disrespectful, like I said, because he ain't putting them pads on, you know. If he ain't putting them pads on, I feel like it would have been different for him. He wouldn't say that. He'd be respectful, you know, but because, because I, I say that to say this, you know, we respectful to our opponents. Our opponents were respectful to us, but a guy who who not even playing against us just come out just, you know, just being disrespectful. I guess he wanted more views on his, on his little channel. We're going to leave it at that. <laughs> There's Lamar Jackson. Uh, getting petty. Hey, man, petty. We talked about how sports is getting more and more petty. He was petty on that one. Mike, I think he was, I think he was intentionally mispronouncing his name, too, at first. I think he knows who Mike Florio is. Yeah, well, uh, he, they, he, of course, Florio went on his show and said There's, the, the, There's Niners, no way the Ravens that, have no yeah. chance to win the game. Which, it's going to be a, a boat race, essentially. Yeah. Now, should. look, I went in that game thinking the Niners would win it. I think we all did. 
I was surprised. I was surprised. And obviously four picks later. It's amazing in that game when you look at the stats. I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey had a big game. Ayuk had a big game. Kittle had a big game. It's just the turnovers. And you give the Ravens credit. They forced the turnovers, and it obviously was the difference in the ball game. Uh, it's not like they stopped the Niners' offense. They just forced turnovers. and. Yep created points off of it uh pretty impressive and by the way you've talked about the ravens defensive coordinator mike mcdonald he's legit man that was a great game plan i mean that was high level stuff with kyle shanahan versus brock purdy you know obviously mike mcdonald mike mcdonald won he did and <laughs> he, he matched wits and i would say outwitted chano which is tough to do yeah he really was i mean he's and he's done that with listen Remember they beat the Lions 38-6. to Ben Johnson is supposed to be yes. the, the, one of the best offensive minds in the game. He held them to six points. Held the 49ers to 19. Held the Texans to nine at the yeah. start of the year, and we now know the Texans are a pretty good offense. Exactly. So this is why the Ravens have now – you know they play this weekend? Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, he'll get another one of Shan, the Shanahan clan. Tua currently leads the NFL in, uh, mm-hmm. in you know, passing yards. Yep. All right. Yeah, that's a prolific offense, too. All right, I have this for you, Rod. This is uh, – I don't think you'll know this, but maybe you've seen it or heard it, but uh, here it is. This happened yesterday, a, uh, a player coming home. Obviously, the, the way the season's going for me, you know, emotionally kind of all over the place. You know, uh, like I said, it's always great to come home, you know, and, and for me, you know, as a player, you know, I think it, all players want to be wanted, you know. Um, and so, you know, for, for the Texans to, you know, to, to claim me, you know, it's a it's a full circle moment. You know, um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's it's always great to come home and play. Is it strange to be um, playing for someone you used to play with? Uh, I, I wouldn't say strange. You know, uh, it's it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't think any of the guys in here realize I played with him. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be, you know, kind of telling my age. But um, I mean, it's not strange. You know, um, to see him in that position. You know, um, is is. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a full circle moment, you know, because uh, playing with him, I knew what type of leader he was. And, and to see him leading, you know, a team as a head coach now, you know, um, it, it's great. Love the game. All right, there you go. That's uh, who said that, Rod? Oh, Texans. That's good. I actually can't figure out who that is. Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson back, huh? Cornerback slash safety, DB. Yeah, of course, released by the Broncos. Okay, he had yeah. the suspension for the uh, – the, the, you know, targeting hits. Oh, yeah, he's a good player for him, too. And he's from Westside High School in Houston. Oh, I didn't realize he was from H-Town. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and then went to Alabama. Oh, actually, he went, no, I'm wrong. He went, he's from Macon, Georgia. I thought he was Westside Houston. I thought uh, he okay. said he came home. But he was drafted by, he's out of Alabama. And so yeah, he, he and D'Amico Ryans played in college and high school. And, Dang, uh, that Alabama connection. Yeah. He likes some Alabama guys, don't he? And he played nine <laughs> years in Houston from 2010 to 2018. Yep. And then Broncos, the last, you know, three or four. And uh, now he's based 35 years old. Texans are looking for help in their secondary. We just talked about Joe Flacco mm-hmm. shredded yes. <laughs> the Texans last. I mean, on him. I mean, that's, you know, you're a prideful cornerback, Rod, to have a, a one dude, Amari Cooper, have 265 yards. You know, I mean. One guy. One guy Come had on, 265 to 365. Come on, Coach. I mean, that, that's, that's on D'Amico. More than totally the players, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you got to you got to be able to put a strategy together to at least take him out and force somebody else to beat you. If he gets a hundred something, that's okay. But two hundred some yards receiving, setting records. That's crazy. <laughs> there's no there's no excuse for that. And I love me some D'Amico. Um, all right, uh, I tend you another a couple other clips, Ty. You can dial up either one, and we can play. Who said that? Were you supposed to be a captain? Because the team announces the three game captains and you were the fourth and you called the toss. What happened there? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only suiting, you know. I don't think Coach knew I was from Charlotte, you know, so. So you just did that on your own? I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, a, you know, the guys backed me up, you know, so they, they knew I was from here. Did you realize you almost made a big mistake on the call, though? What did I do? Well, you said we want to go on defense. Yeah. Which in theory could they could have said, then you're electing to kick to to uh, kick off, which you would have lost the opportunity then yeah. to receive in the second half. Yeah, no, I told them that uh, I said uh, I want I want our defense to be out there, and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. They like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> did, he, did he 
Yeah, he did. The mic, the mic was on. Oh, was? Yeah, he yeah, heard you. Hear oh, really? Nah, he was just like, defer. I was like, yeah. Everybody was like, yeah. Everybody was laughing. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? It's pretty obvious what I'm asking for. So did anyone say anything to you when you got back to the sideline? Why would they? Uh, that's somebody for West Virginia, right? No, that is from the Green Bay Packers cornerback, Jair Alexander. The Panth- against the Panthers, he went out there uh, basically impromptu. He just did it on his own. Because he's from Charlotte. He's from Charlotte, and he wanted to be out there for the coin toss. He got people in the stands. So Coach did not designate him to be a team captain, and yet he bum-rushed the coin toss. And not only bum-rushed it, they just go out there to represent. He called it. He's like, uh, oh, my Divas out there. He's like, bro, if you're going to bum-rush the coin toss when coach not designated you as a captain, shut up. Just go out there quietly and don't say anything. He went out there and took over the damn coin toss. Isn't that wild? He's, all, he's also been um, he's been suspended <laughs> for one game for conduct detrimental to the team for crashing the coin toss. Never happened in the history of the NFL. That is where they play I'm just looking at this the story. They, they, they suspended him. <laughs> Because he almost screwed up the thing, and that's why the defense out there, man. It's like, what are you talking about? You did defer, or are you taking the ball? Defense out there. <laughs> what? What are we talking about? It's what is great. this Charlie Strong era stuff? Oh. Remember when Charlie Strong's team screwed up the coin toss? I do remember that. <laughs> was that UCLA? Yeah, it yeah, was. Up in, in Jerry World. World. Yeah. Oh man, isn't that great though? That he just went out there on his own. He was like, my they... players had, my teammates had my back. <laughs> my back. You know what? You know who I'm really mad at? My captains. You're the leaders of this damn team. I chose you as captain. You're going to let this dude just go out there and just hijack the coin toss? No. Somebody needs to check him. Nobody checked him. Well, Brian Gutekunst, who uh, happens to be oh, uh, one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite people, this says, as an organization, we have an expectation <laughs> that everyone puts the team first. While we are disappointed, we had a good conversation with Jair this morning, fully expecting him to learn from this as oh, we move man. forward together. I love that dude. That was great. I said defense out there. That looked to me crazy. <laughs> defense out there, You know what's right? so funny about that is, like, you know, sometimes the media, <laughs> we get it wrong. But the media had it right, and he's like, what'd I do wrong? What'd I do wrong? Well, what? well, then why are the other captains laughing? <laughs> and why didn't one of the other captains step in and say, yo, bro? That's what, that's what I can't. Come I on, think, you can come with us, but you can't say anything. I can't believe the other captains just let it go down and let him take over the coin toss. Let him direct it. That was wild. That is crazy. I've never heard that before. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. He bum-rushed the just, coin toss. He just took it over. Just and then it. screwed it up. And then, all, yeah, Xavier messed it up for his team. <laughs> we want the defense I love him just playing ignorant with the media. Because like, they knew who the three captains were designated. And they said, well, you weren't on, on there. He's like, well, my, my team, my teammates got my back. I'm from Charlotte. I'm man. from Charlotte. I'm from Charlotte. <laughs> you know what he said? I don't think Coach know I'm from Charlotte. <laughs> like, if Coach knew I was from Charlotte, Coach definitely would have made me a captain. So he put it on Coach a little bit, too. Like, hey, Coach, that was very inconsiderate of you. you think about going to, to the coach, a Matt LaFleur, and saying, hey, Coach, you know I'm from Charlotte. I'd love to be out there. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, hey, we insane. roll on. Is the uh, fa- it's so good to be back and talking sports great. with Rod B. And you people, <laughs> let's take some uh, fabulous fifth-hour text. Who knows what happens in the fifth hour? It will be a lot of Texas-Washington talk. We know that. Sugar Bowl is four days and change away. And we're also talking Cowboys-Lions, Texans-Titans, yes, and tonight's game, Jets-Browns on uh, Thursday Night Football. Plus four bowl games today. One is getting underway in about three minutes. Let's talk about with Ian Rod B.